maybe there's really something big going on with this copywriting stuff. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up? Welcome back, listener. This is episode 53 of the Traffic Jam podcast. I'm your host, James Reynolds, and this, of course, is the podcast show where we teach you how to get more traffic and build a profitable audience online. Now, today on the show, we're joined by Neville Medora, who's the chief copywriting sumo at AppSumo. He'll be sharing, amongst other things, the story of how he got 120 more sales from a single email, where previously he'd only gotten one or two. What did he change? Well, pretty much the only thing was his email copy. He'll tell you that story and more on this episode. But before we get to Neville, go grab the bonus that comes along with this episode. And you get those by going to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 53. That's trafficjamcast.com forward slash 53 to get all of the bonuses that come with this episode. And they this week include a downloadable MP3, a full transcript of today's training, plus a PDF resource guide with links to seven of the very best ever Gary Halbert letters. Now, these are the same letters that inspired our guest today, Neville, to master the craft of copywriting. So go ahead and grab those bonuses by going to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 53. That's trafficjamcast.com forward slash the number 53. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. So, right, let me introduce our guest. As I say, his name is Neville Medora and he's obsessed by copywriting. Now, he first discovered the power of copy when he applied copywriting principles to his own emails and website copy and things magically started to sell better. He now teaches copywriting to others through his book called This Book Will Teach You How to Write Better and by his copywriting course titled Copywriting Course. Uh, with K's though, not C's. Now, he's a student of the art of copywriting who can apparently do a handstand for a minute straight without moving. So there you go. It's another great interview we've got in store. So sit back, grab a pen and paper to take notes and enjoy Traffic Jam 53 with Neville Medora. So welcome back, listener. This is episode 53 of Traffic Jam, and joining me right here is Neville Medora. Neville, how are you? Hey, James. How's it going? I'm quite well. Awesome. Well, great to have you here. I want to ask you a question about your spelling to begin with. You are a copywriter, but you spell copywriting with a K. Have you ever found that your bad spelling has kind of ever held you back in your profession at all? (laughs) There's like 10% of people that are like, you can't even spell copywriting right. He must not know anything. But those people are usually stupid. So it doesn't... (laughs) Yeah, no, no, the copywriting, the whole thing, so it's it's copywritingcourse.com, but it's spelled with Ks instead of uh, Cs. And the whole thing was, I remember when I started uh, first studying copywriting, um, it, it was mainly about writing words on a page, okay? And that was great for 50 years ago. 
because that's really all you could do other than certain levels of TV and radio. But I remember thinking like now, like we have YouTube, we have all, we have the internet, we have so many different mediums that you can uh, transfer information from my brain to your brain that words is just one part of it, right? So right now we're communicating via audio. We could also be communicating via video. We could also be text messaging, which in this situation would be like the worst medium ever. So actually right now, I would say copywriting in this normal sense for us to be talking right now would be a bad medium. Instead, audio is better at the moment. So I say copywriting because it's different. It's not just copy. It's, it's, it's everything, everything. Uh, so you might write a piece of script and have it go to a video. You might have it go to an audio. You might just write it as text. And that's why I called it copywriting with a K. It's just different. Nice. Personal branding. Good stuff. <laughs> I didn't need for it to be. I just, I just wanted it to sound different than the regular like copywriting. It just sounded boring to me also. Yeah. Well, talking of non-boring and interesting, you've got a pretty outrageous story about finding success with copywriting that seems to involve rave lights, lots of alcohol, and uh, about 120 sales in two hours. Um, if it's safe to share, would you mind sharing that story with our listeners? Yeah, I, I originally I originally didn't want to share this because like, I normally love sharing stuff, but sometimes when something works really well, you're just like, maybe I should just shut the hell up and keep this quiet for a while. And so, <laughs> So um, I used to own a business called uh, House of Rave, and it was a light up and uh, glow site. So I sold light up and glow stuff online. I was just a drop shipper. And so it was just kind of like my muse business paid all my bills and savings and everything like that. So anyways, I would all my marketing friends would always be like, well, how many uh, past customers do you have? And at the time, it was 7,500 people that I had their emails, and these people had already bought from me. So I think your audience is pretty advanced, and they know that if someone has already bought something from you, that's a really hot lead because they've already given you money. They already like you, et cetera, et cetera. And so I thought, okay, if I send out an email list uh, with my products to 7,500 people, I'm going to totally make a killing, right? So I signed up for an email service. I think it was Vertical Response way back in the day. That's what I used, and it cost 80 bucks a month. And I spent all this time and all this money. And, um, and on my site, you could download this and actually see the templates and stuff I used. And I sent out these beautiful emails. And I spent so much time. And I was so proud of them. And the end result, James, was I made a grand total of, on my first one, I think less than $40. Meanwhile, it cost me $80 to have the email service. So I went in the hole $40. And the thing is, people clicked on my emails, like a lot. My click-through rates were sky high. But here's the thing, no one bought a, a damn thing. And so I guess I, 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 I kind of like put it aside and said, well, people are clicking, they're interested, maybe it just keeps my brand name alive, blah, blah, blah. And for years, I basically sent out email newsletters that uh, did nothing. They made no money. I would put all these coupons and all sorts of shit on there and nothing ever worked. Then I started setting copywriting. And I, I feel like there should be like a trumpet, like, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> we can add one. We can add one in the post-production for you. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so I started, uh, like a lot of people probably know who, uh, Gary Halbert. So one of my friends was like, look, uh, buy a $20 print cartridge and print out these things called the Gary Halbert letters. So I begrudgingly printed them out and it was like hundreds of pages. So I was like, oh, this better be worth it. The first night I stayed up till like 6 a.m. reading about this stuff, right? Then the second night I stayed up till 6 a.m. again. And I was just so enthralled by these letters because like, it, I felt like I was being taught like the message from the gods. Like, this is the reason everything I've ever sold that didn't sell, this is why it didn't sell and here's how I can change it. And I remember being just like so happy and pissed off at the same time that I was just learning this when I was, I don't know, 25, 26 years old at the time, whatever it was. And so um, 
So I basically started going on a tear just learning about copywriting. And uh, as, as most people get kind of enthralled with it, you just get obsessed with it for a while. Uh, James, I used to, you, you travel a lot. So you probably see Sky Mall in, in the planes all the time. Yeah. To go through Sky Mall and read every single thing and then think, okay, how would I change this? There's like a doggy pool float. It's like, how would I change the copy for this? And I would literally like make drawings in Sky Mall and rewrite copy <laughs> while I was on the plane. And I don't know, I just found that fun. And I would look at all the advertisements in any of the magazines that people had left in the seats and, uh, and say like, well, that's a stupid advertisement. They should do this to make people buy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So basically coming back to the Rave Company now, I'm kind of becoming a copy expert. And with the help of a friend, I rewrite these email newsletters. So same 7,500 people. Um, I never made more than 40 bucks in profit on any of those things, which is ridiculous. And I made a, a promo for these things called finger lights. They're just like little lights you put on your fingers. And I've actually sold it. They were like $1.95 for a pack is what I was selling the sale price. And I'd actually sold them at this price before and no one really bought them. So then instead of just saying like, hey, finger lights are $1.95, I was like, wait a second. I pick up the phone for the customer support for this. So many different people call and ask me about things that uh, most people don't know about. For example, I thought these finger lights were for like wigged out, you know, ravers on drugs at, at parties that were just like waving them around in the air or something like that. And so that's what I thought. But then I realized people were calling me to ask me what kind of batteries do they take? And I was like, why are you buying these? And they're like, oh, my kid gets afraid of monsters under his bed at night. So I put one of these on his finger and he has like a little flashlight he can check for monsters. <laughs> I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And I never really thought anything about it. And then I had um, a plumbing company buy like 50 pairs of them. And I was like, what is this like, you know, Acme plumbing? Like what, what is your company? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Plumbers, you know, like obviously they work like under sinks and stuff. And it's just very like odd places. So even if you have a headlamp, it's still very difficult to see stuff around corners. So we, Put these, give them these little finger lights, and you know they're so cheap that we they could get damaged. Whatever, no one cares. I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. One parent said their autistic children, or they had one child that was autistic, and he would kind of like wave them and watch it, and and like it would actually calm him down. And so there's all these other like uses for this single product. So I wrote about that um, on there. And if you go to copywritingcourse.com slash blog, there actually is a thing that says like how I downloaded, got 120 orders, whatever you can download that for free. And it actually shows you the actual scripts I used. And you can see that on there. And I sent that email on a Friday night, which is historically like the worst time to send anything to sell something. I went to a party and I was, I was a little bit tipsy <laughs> and uh, I checked my, my phone and th there was like, all these order notifications, like pages and pages of them. And I was like, what's, what's wrong with my phone? What's going on? And then I check and sure enough in my account, there's like thousands and thousands of dollars deposited within the last hour or two. And within a hundred, sorry, I got 120 orders within two hours. That's insane. Um, yeah. And, and, and I made a lot of profit. And I remember thinking like every single newsletter I've made before got maybe two people buying and because I had a coupon and, and they did buy much. It was just like very low profit. All of a sudden I made thousands of dollars and this email had no pictures, uh, no nothing. It had one link on it that said buy now. That's it. And the only difference between this newsletter and the other ones was this was completely copy. The other ones were all pictures and flash and flare, but no explanation of why people should buy. And that's when I was like, okay, And from then, I've never looked back. 
like from then, like the whole structure of that business changed. It, it moved from primarily making money from SEO and traffic from the web to just, you know, email sales. And, and then, then from there, a career was born. <laughs> and the rest is history, which I'm sure we'll get to over the course of uh, the rest of this conversation. But what was it specifically about those two different approaches that you believe had such drastically different outcomes? Because you still had the same email set. You still had a blank sheet of paper or blank email with a bunch of text on it. What were the qualities in that second email that just outshone the previous, you know, the previous results so much? Well, it gets back to psychology of the human brain, like what makes people do things. So, so for example, um, I have a bottle of water over here. And, and let's say I want you, James, to start drinking more water. And so I tell you, hey, James, you should drink more water, okay? Um, that's not a very convincing statement, right? That's just like a, a mom nagging at you. Like that doesn't work all that well, okay? Now, what if I said, uh, hey, James, do you ever, do you, do you work out? Do you actually work out ever? Yeah, yeah, I, I work out. Yeah, you go to the you go to the gym and lift weights and stuff like that, right? I do. Yeah, less frequently than I should, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 did you know this? So, your the way you know how people say like your body is seventy percent water weight, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'll spare you the science of it right now. But basically, the way protein and amino acid works is they have to be very well hydrated with H two O. Like if you just look at the chemistry, that's how it works. So, have you ever noticed like if you see those like big huge bodybuilder guys? in the gym, they carry those like comically large jugs of water. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Where they had those big blue bot. It looks like one of those, like, you know, the, the office water cooler things. It looks like a smaller version of those. And you're like, why are they drinking like this comically large thing of water? And the reason is those big bodybuilder guys know that when you drink a lot more water and you're ultra hydrated, not just hydrated, your muscles grow at a 30% faster rate whenever you do a workout. Meaning every time you go to the gym, if you are not ultra hydrated, you don't get 30% of those gains, which is, which is kind of silly. That's, that's just like paying a hundred dollars for something and someone just taking $30 away. And you're like, Hey, what happened? I, I want that. So that's exactly what's happening. Okay. So basically I just kind of convinced you to drink a little bit more water when you go to the gym, right? Um, I could, I could tell you just drink an extra liter of water and you will see 30% more results from the exact same workout you do, no matter what you do. That would be a convincing argument, right? Totally. Yeah. And I guess going back to your original example, I mean, you, in what you described about that second email, you were starting to understand much better what people's motivation were. I mean, before you just thought people wanted these things just to play around at raves and make themselves look pretty under fluorescent lights. But actually, you got the plumber who wanted to see around corners. You'd got the mother who'd bought it for the child who got scared at night. You understanding then what people wanted them for. And I guess that's quite critical, right? That's a concept called repositioning. And I've actually done a couple of my products where they went from making just a few thousand to over a hundred thousand uh, very quickly just by repositioning them it, it's it's unreal yeah. when you reposition something like for 16 year old ravers and those people have no money to plumbing companies and stuff like that who do have a lot of money there's there's a lot of money to be made by repositioning certain yeah products. so now of course rolling ahead a little bit you're the uh, copywriter for AppSumo, which is the not quite daily deal site for entrepreneurs now you guys, uh, <laughs> you guys send a lot of emails, right? I mean, um, frequencies. I mean, due to the nature of your business, is uh, pretty constant. What have you learned about sort of email frequency sending and other stuff that might be good to share with our listeners? Yeah. So, so what happened? So Noah, Noah was building AppSumo originally. Had about fifty thousand people subscribed, and then um, I was learning about all this copy, and I was like, dude, you've got to try this copy stuff. So me and him, he, we used to just work out of my apartment all the time together. We used to co-work, and I was like, let me send out an email. 
And it used to just be same thing as my House of Rave company, just like a simple email with like, you know, pictures and stuff like that. And then I wrote this like three page long email and we were both very nervous about it. And it came out and it turns out that was AppSumo's first day. They made over $10,000 in profit. And then from there, we did it again and again and again. Then I became, you know, part of the company and all that stuff. And through the big growth phase to about 750,000 people, I was writing all the emails. And what I learned about frequency was it doesn't really matter. And, 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 and this is a cop-out answer, so I'll tell you actually. What it is. <laughs> e- email frequency depends on how much people like you, okay? So let's say, let's say you just met me and like I asked to borrow your car, okay? And you're like, um, okay, um, okay, sure. And then the next week, um, I rent out my apartment on Airbnb. And I'm like, hey, James, can I come stay at your place for like a week? Oh, and, and I want to stay for free. You'd be like... Um, man, I just met this guy and he's already asked for my car and he's, he's kind of a leech already, right? He, he always wants something for himself. And so marketing people who send emails for themselves, aka sales emails, um, people get tired of those if you send them often. Yes, they will. But if you send them emails that they actually like and learn from, then they do not get tired of them. So even when we used to send out every single day, uh, we didn't see any decrease in participation. Um, what we do notice is that if you send out about three times a week, that tends to be like the sweet spot because it takes some people uh, about two days to open their email, uh, two to three days. And so uh, three times a week seems to be the sweet spot, but I've sent out much more. In fact, this week I did a series where I sent out every single day of the week and I had my highest opens and highest click-through rates um, uh, by the end because people were so enthralled by the series. They couldn't wait to see what was next. I guess it's all about being the guy or the girl who, you know, when someone's on the other end of a telephone or the other end of a computer that people want to pick up the phone to or open an email to, like they're expecting and wanting to get that piece. Well, here was the secret behind AppSumo's emails. A lot of people used to see my emails and be like, oh, people just read your emails because they're so wacky and funny. I'm like, no, 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 no. The, the funniness has nothing to do with them. Actually, a lot of them are very serious. Um, what it is is educational stuff. Okay, so let's say I'm sending... Uh, a course about SEO, right? Um, most people would say, okay, this is a course about SEO. It normally costs $199. Today we're selling it for $69. And there you go. Like that's that's the whole email. Now, some people might just, a, a small percentage of the people will say, okay, that's cool. I'll, I'll buy it, whatever. But a large percent of the people will just be like, okay, that's just a sales email. I got nothing out of that. Unsubscribe, who cares? What we would do is we would explain to people why SEO worked and we'd actually give them lessons in it and examples. So we'd actually show examples from our own statistics, from our own AppSumo stories, from our own previous stories. I would share uh, uh, SEO stories from uh, House of Raid and real statistics. So people would read these posts that were 80% really good information and then 20% sales. That was like the magic ratio, about 80% really good information and then 20% selling them on something. And so, so long as we kept doing that every day, people were getting 80% of our information was being just, just awesome stuff they could use. 20% of it was sales and they were absolutely fine with it. What are your top three most effective emails that you've sent for AppSumo? Top three most effective, actually some of my own courses. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a coincidence, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause like I, I made them and so I know the most about them. <laughs> so. And so, so I would, uh, I remember, so here was a really big splash. Um, I had this, so for House of Rave, what happened is I, I would document this on my personal blog and people would ask the same questions over and over. They'd be like, how did you find this business idea? 
How did you find a supplier to send your stuff for you? It would be like the same top three questions, the top three greatest hits questions over and over and over. And so people told me, you know, why don't you make a course out of it? So my very first online course was about how House of Rave started. And originally, I thought that people were asking how to make a dropshipping business also. That's what I thought they wanted. And so that's what I gave them. And so I gave them this course. It was probably like 10, 12 videos or something like that. And it, it just showed how it worked uh, for me, right? Like how everything worked, how customer support worked, things like that. People were very curious about these very mundane things about the business. And so I sold that on my blog and it did reasonably well. And then we tested it through AppSumo. We sent some test emails and it didn't do all that great. And I was kind of confused. I was like, how come this audience loved it, but this one doesn't? And then what I realized, I called some people up and they're like, look, uh, honestly, I don't want to start a drop shipping business. I just have never seen a business before. And I was like, what do you mean you've never seen a business? And they're just like, well, I live in like, you know, bumfuck Ohio <laughs> and, and no one around me, everyone just has like factory jobs. Um, no one has a business. So I've never seen what a business looks like. And that's when I realized, oh, I'm in a lucky position to where I live in a city and have a group of friends that everyone's an entrepreneur. So I get to see the ins and out of everyone's business all the time. Most people have never even seen inside of someone's web business. So I changed the positioning of that course from start a drop shipping business to see behind the scenes of a muse business. And a muse business is what Tim Ferriss calls a business that pays your bills. Um, and so a lot of people just wanted to see what that kind of thing looks like. A lot of people had questions like, um, do you need like a, a content management system to keep track or use salesforce.com to keep track of uh, all your customer inquiries? And everything? I was like, whoa, whoa, it's just a Gmail account and my phone number. Like it's, it's not that hard. And, and then they would say, well, how do you send the orders over? Do you have to have like some custom piece of software? I was like, I literally copy and paste the orders from my system to my uh, dropshippers system. That's it. And I would show them how to do that. And it would totally blow their minds that like, wow, this is that simple. I had no idea. And then people would immediately go off and start a business because they'd realize if I could do it, then they could definitely do it. So uh, I don't even remember the point we were talking about. But <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> the original question was, uh, what were the most effective emails that you ever sent for, for AppSumo? So, uh, yeah, well, getting back on point, I think you were getting you were getting to it with that little story, right? <laughs> So, so the, the thing is that that course did really well because what, what we found was of the maybe 500,000 people or so at the time uh, uh, on the AppSumo email list, it was mainly people who were professionals. So they were designers, graphic designers. A lot of them were entrepreneurs, but most of them were entrepreneurs. okay? Wantrepreneurs, uh, someone who, who wants to start a business, but they just kind of haven't really done it, right? And so... So a lot of these people just had never seen anyone's business and we found out this is the case. So I positioned the copy to say that, look, if you've never seen inside a business, this is full open kimono, carte blanche that you get to see names, customer email addresses. Like I don't, I'm not even sure if this is legal for me to show you, honestly, um, but I'm gonna open up and just show you screenshots and videos of exactly what I do to bring in orders and send them out. And because I wrote that in the, the email copy, people were really, really excited to see that. People were very excited and the product just completely crushed it. So that was one of those top three kind of things. Uh, I could tell you the, another one if you'd like. Uh, this is interesting for copywriters. Yeah. So a lot of people think humor is a big part of the AppSumo emails. Not true. It's still about information. And so I actually got robbed um, in 2012. Uh, sometime around June 2012, I got robbed. And um, 
uh, I had a really nice apartment on the ground floor and I, I kept all my windows open all the time. And I had a lot of expensive stuff in there. And I came home one day and like everything was just like moved around. And I thought like a friend had played a prank on me or something. And all my computers were gone. And uh, it just, it took me a while to realize like someone stole my computers. It, it just, it didn't hit me. And when it did hit me, like, I'd never been robbed before personally. And so I didn't know what it felt like, but I, it's really weird to say this, but I felt extraordinarily violated, violated. Like, uh, like that sounds like a weird word, but uh, I, was, I felt very violated. And I immediately went to the Absumo office, demanded using someone's computer to change all my passwords. I called the police. Um, I was just like going crazy in my head. Like every time I walked in my place, I would check every single room, and, uh, you know, just like see if there's someone there. I'd always close my windows, like basically living there kind of sucked after that. And I was writing a piece of copy about this thing called Prey. It's P-R-E-Y. We're not affiliated with this in any way, but I highly suggest it that you put on your Mac computers or actually any computer. It works on everything. And it's just this tiny little program that no one will ever know you have on your computer. But suppose someone stole my iMac that I'm currently using right now. I can track down that iMac with scarily precision accuracy. Like it's ridiculous. It logs all the keystrokes. It, um, it takes pictures of whoever's using the computer and it tells you basically what, what Mac address, their IP address, their location, all that kind of stuff. And you can, you can get all this stuff remotely through the internet. And so I didn't have any tracking software on my Macs. And I always dreamed of this day that I could like find these people and like beat them <laughs> up or something. Like I didn't know what I it was just a very emotional thing. And I wrote that in the story for Prey. Like at first I was going to write, Prey is great for if you get your stuff stolen, blah, blah, blah. Instead, I was like, you know what? I'm going to tell the story about how like um, deep this being, my computer's being stolen from me felt. You know, how violated I felt. And that was one of the best deals we ever did. We even gave away the product for free, but they also had a paid version if you had more than three devices. And it still was an amazing, amazing deal. And I can't tell you the amount of outpouring of like sympathy people had. They're just like, hey, you know, I was robbed from my place. and It was the same thing. Like I never thought it would be a big deal, but like it was so violating. We eventually had to move and blah, blah, blah. And it just it was in a deeply resonating, uh, emotionally resonating story for people that also happened to sell a product that solved that solution. And that was one of the best deals. And so that was uh, that was an email that completely crushed it. And it wasn't because of clever copywriting. It was just being open with people and people resonate with that. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, I mean, you've actually just reminded me to send an email tomorrow morning that, uh, um, I've got to promote a webinar and I've, I mean, I've sent a ton of emails in the past, but there was one that really resonated with my audience where I just literally told the story of how I got into doing SEO, which is what I do. And the struggles that I faced before with a previous business I was running, doing, you know, just regular branded marketing and having to run after customers and the struggles that I faced then, you know, going from month to month, trying to fill the lead flow. And then when I found, you know, search and got people to find us, how much easier it was. And I tell the whole story quite emotionally from my point of view. Now, if there's one email that I've written that has gotten a better response pretty much than every single thing else, because I guess I'm just writing with emotion and telling a story that engages people and hey i happen to mention something that might help people at the end of it and it converts really well huh yeah anything that's emotional usually does really really well and also whenever you cut to the real root of the problem you're trying to solve um that also for sure helps like when people buy a mercedes they're not buying it because it's you know a really great car it's because they want to appear a certain way to other people you know 
Uh, they want to look rich or they want to be able to be a person that can afford that car. Um, really, that's the real reason why you would buy it rather than a Kia or something, you know? Um, and so whenever you cut to the real root of it, oftentimes you get much, 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 much better results. Now, we mentioned a few things. We've spoken about understanding the audience, understanding their motivations and, and speaking with um, passion and, and telling a story. What else makes a difference between a kind of a good piece of copy and a great piece of copy? Well, I think when you can actually justify the, so, so one, you have to really be believing in your product. There's been so many products at AppSumo where I'll be trying to write the copy and I'll check out the product. And, and honestly, it's just like, it's not that great, you know, and it's, it's real hard to like lie through my teeth to someone and, and that loses a lot of credibility. The other thing is uh, n- not so much just emotion, uh, but also how much are you teaching them in that sales copy? Like I hate it when people call it sales copy. Because it should be called like educational copy or something. It shouldn't be called sales copy. Sales is just part of what you're trying to do. So every time I put out a sales page, I put out this uh, autoresponder class I did recently. And one of the things I was just like, people should want to read the sales page. Like she, people should share it. Like I want people to be like, whoa, you got to check out this page. You'll learn a ton about autoresponders. But it also happens to be a page that I'm selling something on. And so I gave them all these uh, case studies and numbers, like the actual numbers certain emails did. We just, we just flat out gave them email sequences, things like that. That's the difference between a really good piece of copy and just like an average piece of copy. Um, we hired three uh, co- copywriters at AppSumo to replace me. And they all kind of sucked. And, and I, I'm not saying they sucked just because their writing sucked, but they would always just try to sell the product. That was the problem. They would just try to say like, oh, this is the best product ever. It's so cool. You should totally buy it. And it's just like, that's not believable, right? It's like, uh, g- give me a real reason. Give me some experience that you've had. And a lot of these guys just didn't have that experience, unfortunately. And, and so their, their copywriting couldn't be all that great. Um, and they just didn't provide much educational value. So a, a piece of copy that I can't stop reading, um, that's a good piece of copy. And especially by the end, I learned something totally new. I'm like, well, that's, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's what I look for education, basically. Let's move things on a little bit from sort of copywriting techniques and talk a bit about sort of traffic per se. I think you're a big fan of guest posts, right? What is it about that traffic strategy that you like so much? So guest posting, you're talking about on your email list, right? So the, the funny thing is, so for example, I had a, 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 this guy named Sam Parr and he threw a conference called HustleCon, which uh, I was flown in for and spoke at and everything. And it was really fascinating because this kid, he's like 25. And um, he, he, he bought a conference. I didn't even know you could buy a conference. I wow. didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, there was like some Asian <laughs> guy in San Francisco that ran this small little meetup. is maybe 50 people called HustleCon. And Sam took it within two months through the, the thing, had all these really amazing speakers that he didn't even pay uh, and got them all. And had a 400-person venue, and it just totally killed it. He had all these volunteers he didn't pay. And at the end, Sam made in the range of about $40,000 in profit in these two months, which for a 25-year-old, I'd say is pretty respectable. Yeah. And, and, and I was just like, how the hell did you do that? Like, that, that's really amazing. And, and I was like, could you write about it and just send that to me? And the reason I like his guest post or anyone's guest post is because I only have so many experiences I can give you, Right. And, and I could talk about copy, some drop shipping, blah, blah, blah. But there's only so much I can give you. Sam had something totally new that was outside of my realm, throwing a conference. I'd never thrown a conference with 400 people, so I didn't know how to do it. And I never made, had thrown a conference that made $40,000. So 
I didn't know how to do it. So I brought him in and said, you know what? Just give me all your secrets. Give me the email autoresponder you used. Show me how you set up the payments. How did you get the speakers? Like there's a guy who sold his company for $900 million. He got to fly down and this, uh, this guy flew down to Toronto to speak at HustleCon. And he didn't even know Sam. I was like, how did you get this guy to come out there? Like he doesn't, he's not motivated by money. What did you do? And so Sam told all these secrets, uh, these tricks of the trade that he did. So for example, uh, here's an interesting thing. He got all the speakers to speak, not by telling them, hey, um, you get to speak at a conference. These are like big time speakers. Like they don't give a shit about that. This is small potatoes for them. He said, these are 400 people who want to start businesses. These are like bloggers and stuff. and, And they want to spread the message about like hustling. And if we want to like, you know, show that your company is all about hustling and, and, you know, getting out there and doing stuff. And when he positioned it like that, the speakers were way more likely to come out and talk because it was like helping the world, not just because they were getting some money or something like that, which none of them even got. And so, so Sam basically gave us the scripts um, for that. And when he sent that email out uh, for me, um, it got crazy high click-through rates. It got shared like crazy. It was, it was unreal. It was like one of my top posts and I didn't even write it. And he was very happy to get it because he got hundreds and hundreds of signups on his uh, webpage. He got all these people hitting him up. He, he basically got a bunch of uh, benefit from it because I promoted it for him. And I got a bunch of benefit because I shared his knowledge with my audience. And so, yeah, guest posting was really good, but it has to be something really juicy. It can't just be like someone talking about the same crap, like, oh, here's, here's another thing about copy that you probably already know. That's, that's not interesting. I like having guest posts that are uh, things that I personally would love to hear because I've never heard them before. So my audience would like that too. Well, it's a nice spin on it because everyone, you know, normally thinks about guest posting of reaching out to other people's audiences and getting opportunities no, no, placed on. Don't do that shit. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's uh... don't do that because that's so stupid. Like, why would I want to promote your website? Like, that's not what I want. You know what? I told Sam, I was like, look, he's going to put a lot of effort and give away all his secrets. I'm going to promote this kid. So I, I copied something that Steve Chu did. I uh, even on Facebook, I took a picture of Sam and I put the title of the post. And I posted it on his Facebook. I did all the promotion for him. I didn't expect Sam. I never asked Sam to say like, hey, um, promote this to your audience or can you tweet this? That's shitty. Like he's giving you all of his secrets and now you want him to promote for you? Like how selfish is that? That's not how it works. No, 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 no. I think if you do guest posting where you tell someone, look, I'm going to do all I can to get the most clicks to most traffic. I I want people to sign up to your email list. If you do that, you'll get a reputation as like people talk. I'm telling you, people talk. And um, Sam goes around telling everyone like, dude, I guess posted on Neville's thing and it like just totally killed it. I guess posted somewhere else and the person didn't get me any traffic. And so people tell other people like that. And so whenever I approach someone else, they know that I'm going to take care of them. They know that I'm going to go do my best to get them the most amount of exposure for them, not for me, for them. And in turn, it, it t- ends up doing really well for me also. Yeah. And I guess the flip side of it is that, you know, you haven't told him to go and promote it, but I'm sure he has. I'm sure he's been talking about it a fair bit himself, right? And I'm sure you've acquired links and traffic from other places because he really wants people to find that piece of content on your site. Well, the piece of content was so good that people started sharing it a lot. Like you can tell in the stats that this is a very highly shared thing. And um, and so so it gets promoted 
through that avenue, but, but not by just telling Sam like, hey, why don't you promote it to your people? Basically, I'm telling him, why don't you give me all your stuff, spend two days making this post, and then send all your traffic to me. That's not, that's not a fair trade, I feel. Yeah, so it's the, it's the douchebag way of doing it, right? But uh, I guess so many people... Instead, <laughs> if you're really caring about people, then uh, people love to do guest posts on you because they get a lot out of it. Whenever I do a guest post, I always hope that the other person promotes it. And when they just say like, oh, can you send out a tweet and an email to your own list directing to my post? I'm like, no, why, why would I do that? That's stupid. Yes, yeah, no fair exchange. Well, anyway, Neville, I think we should get, I think we should get close to wrapping it up. We've, we've packed a lot of cool content in there for 30, 35 minutes. Um, I want people to go off and find more about you. So where should we direct people to as a result of listening into this? I have two things and no matter where you sign up, it'll go to the same email list. But uh, I, I do have, I must say, I have a really cool email list. And, and this is my opinion, but it's also a lot of people tell me this on a daily basis that I have one of the only email lists they read. And it's actually really, really good. And so you can go to copywritingcourse.com. Once again, that's with Ks. Or you go to nevblog, nevblog.com. And at the top, there's a little sign-up sheet. Um, nevblog is my personal thing where I just talk about my personal life. Copywriting course is where I talk about copy. And I just kind of started this blog like very, very recently, actually. And it's taken off um, at a shocking pace. Uh, so check it out. There's a lot of good stuff. And if you ever want to see anything on there, write to me. I try to read all my emails and I will do whatever you want on the blog to get you uh, more traffic, all that kind of stuff. It's good stuff. Copywritingcourse.com. Awesome. Well, thanks, Neville. I'll make sure that the links to both those two places, Nevblog and Copywriting Course, are of course in the show notes for episode 53. So, Oh, and make sure you, uh, on the right side of the copywriting course, it says download the little uh, email PDF of how I how I started my uh, the 120 orders thing. And that actually has all the pictures of the old newsletters I used to send out, which probably look like a lot of newsletters you know and love. Or hate. Or, sorry, not, <laughs> no, not love. And then I show the redone uh, copy. And, and people have literally copied and pasted that, and it's completely transformed their business. They, they went from like doing what I was doing to then they were like, okay, this copywriting stuff works. So just grab that for your own personal reference. It's, it's very, very helpful. Cool. Well, there you go. You've got the, the links to those. If you can't remember those, listener, go to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 52. And the links for both those resources and a bunch of other stuff mentioned by Neville will, of course, be included in the show notes. So, Neville, once again, thanks for coming on. It's been a blast. Uh, um, look forward to doing it all again sometime soon. Oh, thanks, James. So there you have it. That was Neville Medora from copywritingcourse.com. And of course, copywriting and course with a K. So head on over there for more on Neville. Thank you for listening in to episode 53. I will, of course, be back next week with another episode of the Traffic Jam podcast. So remember to subscribe via iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And you'll do that by going to trafficjamcast.com forward slash iTunes and trafficjamcast.com forward slash Stitcher. And of course, when you subscribe, you're the first to get these episodes as soon as they're released. Now, for a direct link to all of the bonuses that come with this episode, including downloadable MP3, full transcript of today's show, plus the bonus copywriting training, seven Gary Halbert letters every marketer ought to read, go to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 53. That's trafficjamcast.com forward slash the number 53, where, of course, you can also join in on the discussion for this episode. Yeah. <sighs>
Now, we end this week's show with what's probably the most famous track by the band Rage Against the Machine. The track is called Killing in the Name. It's from 1991. Of course, it's a track chosen by a guest on episode 53, Neville Medora. So enjoy, and I'll see you back here again real soon for episode 54. See you then. Justified, those that died, preparing the bad, they get chosen white. 
Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website trafficjamcast.com.